and welcome to another episode of Credit Union's Coffee and Conversation. Thanks for joining us. Um, my guest this time around is somewhat unique. It is the first time that I've asked another Credit Union League president to join the podcast. So I thought you all would like to hear, you know, what's going on in another league. And this was a special guest because we're celebrating Pride Month in June. And I thought it would be perfect timing to have the Credit Union Association of New Mexico's League President Juan Fernandez join us. And um, he talked a lot about what's happening in his community there in New Mexico, but mainly we focused on pride and we wished each other happy pride. And Juan uh, went into some detail on let's see you shine, get it? Um, the effort there in New Mexico, which um, is an employee resource group for the LGBTQ plus and allies community there in New Mexico. And it was just phenomenal to hear about their um, kickoff event this past April and, and get Juan's insights as a member of that LGBTQ plus community and also um, on his professional journey, um, what it means to him for um, our industry to focus on inclusion. And so please enjoy the conversation. Um, I'm sure you'll just adore Juan and love to hear what's happening um, in his neck of the woods, but also um, the passion that he has for serving everyone in our community um, really comes out loud and clear from Juan. So enjoy the episode and happy pride. Hey Juan, thank you so much for joining my podcast. Patty, it's such a pleasure being here. Thank you so much for the invitation. <laughs> Thanks. Hey, just before we officially got started, you mentioned that it's kind of cool we have this podcast. And I I think the people that come up to me the most to kind of say that they listen and they really like it are our young professional community in Michigan. I think they just love, you know, the more they can soak in about what some of our leaders are up to, what what's kind of new and happening in our movement. And plus, they're probably just podcast listeners, right? So they really love the podcast, and I'm, I'm thrilled about that. That's exciting. I mean, I, I have a 30-minute commute now. I didn't used to have a, hardly a commute before. And I love podcasts for that reason, because you can listen in, be inspired while you drive, and the, the drive it kind of just goes melts away. By the time you're at work, you've listened to an episode. It's wonderful. I know I do too. I rotate between podcasts and books on Audible, but yeah, for sure. I I, I love podcasts. Um, and some people, when they, or even when you're walking outside, they're great. I'm not always listening to educational podcasts. I'm just like you know, you got bad TV. You have bad podcasts that are just more salacious and interesting, but they're not necessarily educational. So I rotate between educational type podcasts and you know, fun. You know you know, lighthearted podcast, but it's all good. But so Juan, this is the first time that I've had another league president on my podcast. So it's really um, fun for me to have you on. And um, what's cool, I think about our experiences is that we both kind of took over the reins at our associations right around the same time. I think I was May one of last year. And were you June one of last year? I was. Nice, nice. So we'll kick this off, Juan, just like I do all of my podcasts, and I'm going to ask you to tell us your story. Sure. So nice to meet all of you. Thanks for listening. Uh, I love Patty. Patty's doing such a great job in Michigan. So I started in banking uh, when I was in high school. So my freshman year of high school, 
I grew to be pretty close to my English teacher because it was she helped me so much uh, to, because I was learning English. So I needed a lot of extra help. And and she she I told her at the time that I had an interest in banking and her husband was a VP at the community bank uh, in Binghamton, New York, uh, where I was going to high school. And she she told me, you know, they have a wonderful what they call the co-op program, basically an internship program, and you should consider it when you become a senior in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the way that it, it worked was uh, I applied and when I got in, I would work, I would go to school in the morning until noon, have lunch, and then I would go work at the bank in the afternoon and, and do teller work. And that's how I got into banking and loved it. And then a couple of years later, when I started going to college, I would go back to the community bank and, and work on, on the vacation breaks. Uh, and in one of the, the, the banks that I was working at, I, uh, got approached by someone that was a a branch manager of a credit union. And he had been the branch manager of that bank. And he came over to me and, and, uh, started chatting with me and pretty much offered me a job right on the spot. And I was so glad I did because that was my first, job at a credit union. And I never looked back. I never went back to working at a bank. I absolutely fell in love with, um, with credit unions because it took what I loved from banking, but it coupled it with purpose and mission. Yeah. Uh, and that started a journey, uh, that I worked at three different credit unions all over upstate New York. Uh, and then eventually my senior year of college, um, I went to work at the credit union association of New of New York. So that's how I started in, in League Land. Uh, and it's been, it's been a very, very fulfilling career. Um, I was so excited last year to become a league president because as league presidents, Patty, I think you, you will attest to this, we can, we can really communicate the value proposition that credit unions are bringing to so many folks and, and really mobilize credit unions in, uh, into, into action. So it's, it's been a great, great job and a great journey. Nice. So let me ask you, so when, how old were you when you started at a credit union? What age were you? <laughs> so I was 19. Okay. I was 16 when I started in banking, yeah. 19 when I started in credit unions. Nice. So did your, did your job at the New Mexico, the Credit Union Association of New Mexico, bring you to New Mexico from New York? That's correct. So I worked for about a year and a half or so at the Credit Union Association of New York. Uh, For those of us that may be listening that might have been in credit unions for a while, I was doing real, uh, one of the major projects I was doing was launching real solutions in the state of New York. And an opening came up in New Mexico to do advocacy work. Um, And another league president that I had met through, through, um, through league land and credit union land, reached out to me and said, Hey, they're hiring for this position in New Mexico. I think you'd be great. And the rest was history. Wow. That's quite a change going from upstate New York to New Mexico (laughs) in terms of climate. You know, it is. And at the time I was 24 when I got Mm. offered the job in New Mexico, but I, I loved politics right before working at the New York association. I had done an internship in um, the New York legislature. I worked for an assemblyman, uh, that's the lower chamber, uh, the legislature in New York, and I absolutely loved it. So I felt the being, working in advocacy at the league would marry 
both my passion for credit unions, but also my passion for public service and, and, and the political world. Um, and I was in that role for about 13 years, which I absolutely loved. I loved yeah. mobilizing credit unions, communicating the great work they were doing to legislators. Um, and at the end of the day, as I like to say, we're all credit union lobbyists at right. the end of the day, because we should all be reaching out to, we should all be getting involved, reaching out to legislators and letting them know about the credit union difference. Yeah, I love that. We're all credit union lobbyists. That's so true. And that's one of the things I know we were also sharing earlier that we both had our annual conventions at our associations last week. And um, one of the things I shared with the group is how much I love you know, bragging basically to lawmakers on all the amazing things credit unions are doing in their community. And it's, it brings me such pride to do that for our industry. And as I reminded them, it's, it's emphasized when they're actually side by side with us when we're hiking the hill, either at the state level or in DC, because then they get to share the personal member stories, the personal things that happen kind of behind the scenes at their credit units that I might not know about that they're able to share. And certainly when you're meeting with a rep that's in their district, you know, it just really hits home. So um, I love that. Well, that's cool. And I think that, you know, that really helps, you know, for sure in your role as league president to have that background and to have worked at a credit union, which is great. And then not only that, but, you know, the, all of the good work you did at the association and lobbying before you, you took over there. So that's fantastic. Um, so one of the things that Juan that, you know, kind of prompted me to reach out to you was, you know, we're in pride month. And um, I remember catching an article back in April about something really unique Um hopefully they're not going to be as unique, but it, it seems still unique in our, our space, um, but very exciting, um, was when I read an article, um, Let's See You Shine, was the um, the group or the movement, or we'll get into what, what we're going to call it, but it was shining a light on, on that event, and that was something that your association was part of, and I want to explore more, you know, how, how, how your association is engaged in that, but it really uh, made me happy to read that article. It made me, it always does when we're hearing about what our community is doing around pride um, and the different ways that we're coming together as an industry to be more inclusive and um, shining a light on, on those that work with us, that volunteer with us, that are members and all of that great, great community um, that's been ignored and that's been left behind, um, let's face it, for, for a long time. And um, I think it's really exciting. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Juan. So what what is Let's See You Shine? What is it? So a number of years ago, I think eight or nine years ago, a group of us got together because we we were we saw that there was a need for, for credit unions to come together and celebrate our differences and celebrate the, the LGBTQ community. So when I became league president, one of the major initiatives that I wanted to, to deploy here in New Mexico was creating safe spaces for credit union member, credit union employees and volunteers to come together if they share a lived experience and be seen, be recognized, have networking possibilities, get to know each other and bring educational and developmental opportunities to them. So um, I met uh, Madam Ninfadora, who is a, a drag queen in the credit union space last <laughs> year. 
uh, through a series of happy hours that we were doing during COVID. And I thought at, the, at that moment, like, oh my gosh, what a great way, you know, who, who could be better to throw a show to celebrate the, 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 the gay and lesbian and bisexual community than bringing Madame Ninfedora. So we put together this event and it was wonderful because we saw credit union employees from all over the state come uh, to this to this event and we had fun. But we also had some great and frank conversations. We had some panel discussions and we had both people within the queer community and outside of the queer community. And everyone was 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 having some frank conversations about their experiences. Uh, but it was so inspirational because, you, as you said earlier, at the end of the day, um, our community is one that has been historically marginalized. And it's a topic that that until recently hadn't really been discussed much in financial services and also in credit unions. So for, for many of the people that came to this event, that might have been the first time that they or employee, their coworkers knew that they were part of the community. So it was a great, great opportunity to make sure that our uh, employees knew that they could bring their entire selves or whole selves to work and be celebrated for it. Yeah. So we, we had, it was, it was truly an outstanding, um, experience and it's that was just the beginning you know we're calling it an employee resource group um and we launched it we had both the entertainment the networking and the educational aspect at that event but now that we've launched it we're going to be putting together a group of credit union employees to run it and we will help organize it but it's going to be driven by credit union team members themselves uh, so I'm really excited. We're, we're just beginning to get into that phase of the CU Shine uh, live stage. Uh, but one thing that you probably haven't heard of yet that was super exciting to me was that in that event, there was this conversation about Pride Month, which, by the way, happy Pride to yeah, all of you Pride. that are listening. Yeah. And um, so we found out some credit unions had already been participating in pride some of them had been sponsoring pride but they all did their own thing and we're like well what if we all come together under the cu shine banner each credit union folks can wear their logo wear etc but we all march together so last saturday was pride here in albuquerque and they, they did that very thing i think four or five credit unions came together and there were over 70 credit union employees uh, from various credit unions that came together and they all marched under the CU Shine flag, uh, but all wearing their own logo wear and giving out swag from their, from their credit unions. And it was such an amazing event for credit unions to once again come together from various credit unions uh, toward this purpose. That's so cool. So let me ask you this. Is this something that, which I think is fabulous that you're, you're having it be employee run and driven and them have ownership in it. And that's very similar to what's happened in Michigan with our young professional community. So the league, actually our association through the league supports them. You know, we give them a platform. We make sure they have space at our convention to have a room. You know, we can, we give them scholarships to attend certain things. So we support them, but it's all run by them. They lead the way. So it sounds like that's similar to this. So is this something that you'd be cool with other leagues taking that 
in, you know, growing the employee group under that name and connecting them all together? I mean, do you expect that this goes national or what are your thoughts? I would love for other states to do this. I mean, yeah. the other the other great thing is there's also CU Pride now, which is national, yeah. and they're doing they're you know they're doing a lot of things at the national stage, which I'm really really excited about because Patty, you know, the sad thing is eight or nine years ago when this group of us got together, the the topic that we were discussing was at the time none of us had really seen any credit unions be part of pride. Right. I mean, the last 10 years have been pretty transformative. So at the time we were like, how can we do more to try to, to, to raise awareness of the need for credit unions to be there and be part of this. So fast forward to now, we launched CU Shine in New Mexico. I think it'd be great for other states to do the same. And at the national level, CU Pride was launched and you are seeing a difference. And I'm really excited about that because not only is it important for credit union employees to feel like they belong, but it's also a great opportunity for credit unions. At, at the end of the day, credit unions were born to serve people that were ne often neglected by other financial services industries. And in my opinion, that's where the opportunity lies. And the queer community is a great community that's very loyal uh, once they know that they are safe and that they're welcomed at your institution. Yeah, absolutely. And not only that, but from the employee perspective, right? You have all of these credit unions competing for talent in this crazy tight market and young people and, and older, but a lot of young people, they care about inclusion issues and they're going to pick a place that's inclusive over somebody that's not. I mean, I have a 20 year old daughter and it's on her very short list of um, where she's going to work or where she's going to intern and how they support the LGBTQ plus community and other, you know, groups that have been traditionally marginalized and she'll choose her employer with that in mind. And, um, and that's, she's just one of many. So I think it's just such a, a win-win, you know, you're supporting your employees, but you're also spreading this message about inclusion, because as we know, you know, a lot of times our, our industry is talking a lot about DEI and, you know, that really took a lot of steam with the Black Lives Matter movement, which is obviously so important. And there's things that we do for the Black community, and I'm excited to see the buildup there too. And my, my goal as a league president is to make sure that continues, that it's not, no one looks at it as just a fad, but sometimes those things can die out and we need folks to keep, keep beating the drum on that. But as we talk about, you know, it, it's so much more than, you know, one or two marginalized communities. It's, 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 there's a lot to talk about older people, you know, women, you know, people of color, um, and in the gay community. And, um, I'm just, I think it's great. So when you say a drag queen in the credit union space, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> she, does this person work at a credit union? <laughs> so Madam Ninfedora works for one of, one of a credit, one of the new credit union cores, oh. core system. Yes. And, um, like I said, I, someone, I can't remember how I came across Madam Ninfedora. Dan Marcus is their name when out of drag. And um, I had Dan participate in um, a couple of conversations we had similar to this yeah. uh, last year. And I absolutely fell in love with Dan. And let me tell you, 
Madame Ninfedora was fantastic. Uh, she <laughs> she sings live. I mean, I I oh. you don't see that very often, and a very very good singer. So people were really really wowed. And once again, it it showed the diversity of our of our movement. Um, you know, and let me tell you a story. Speaking of Madame Ninfedora, one of the reasons that that I knew we were doing something special and that was really exciting at CU Shine was because um, one of the one of the people that attended uh, CU Shine, her name was Sammy. And the thing that was so special about Sammy was that um, she works at a, at a one of our larger credit unions. Sammy had been out of work for a number of couple of months uh, on uh, uh, medical leave because she was literally going uh, through uh, gender reassignment surgery. Yeah. And CU Shine was the event, the first event where she came out as Sammy to her coworkers. Oh. And to see the way that credit union embraced her and welcomed her and see how happy she was to be there, yeah. uh, to, be, to be celebrated for who she was. I mean, it was, it was frankly something that was extremely moving to, to, yeah. to, to many of us. Um, so, so to me, that that shows just the how awesome and diverse our movement is, and that's what, in my opinion, that's what it should all be about. It should be about that every single person should feel welcomed, seen, uh, and and cherished in our movement, no matter who they are or who they identify as. Yeah, that's such a great story, and. Um, and I know that um, there's several of our credit unions that I saw just over the last few weeks at different pride marches and, you know, gatherings that have happened here in Michigan, you know, credit unions have booths there, they have their pride, you know, with their logo, but wouldn't it be great to have them, you know, and they're there kind of under their separate credit union, right? But, and that's what you said, they wear their credit union stuff, but then they all come together as an industry and I think that makes it so much stronger. And that's what is is really cool about um, what you all are doing there. And and I know for sure, CU Pride, you know, they've done, I've heard them present different things. And, and again, so excited that it's really mobilizing the community and, and allies too. I mean, this, you know, the article that I read in April, this was all, see you shine, let's see you shine wasn't just the queer community it's the allies there too that's and right. um and that's just that's just amazing story of, of an employee that it, that you know is going through a real tough time and especially in this environment we're in now with the insanity in florida and you know just how how tough it is and how tough it's been for the community with the different political things happening um it's it's a tough time and um and I think it's awesome that your association is really um, standing with that group and um, and doing what you can there. That's really awesome one. Absolutely. Well, and 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 just a couple of quick follow up to that. Um, <laughs> when when we did see you shine the event, we had a panel, and in the panel we had both people from the community, but we also had an ally. We had the head of Mar of HR for for uh, one of our credit unions. And she was there telling her story and telling why it was important to her and her credit union to be there and to, to, to be an ally to the community. Uh, we also had a, a credit union executive from one of our smaller credit unions that, that was part of the panel. And that was the first time that he spoke at, at publicly about his, 
his sexual orientation. And, and he felt so liberated. He was so happy to be there. But the, the other thing I will tell you is I, um, I, we've all experienced being the other, you know, walking right. into a room and feeling like, you know, you may be the only woman or you might be the only uh, person from a minority group. And, you know, I personally felt that firsthand because when I first moved to upstate New York, I moved there from Puerto Rico and I didn't, not only was I only the only Latino in that Catholic school, I was, I, I didn't speak English. So mm -hmm. to me, it was, it was, it was a really tough time, like feeling like you are, you can't, you know, like, you're like a fish out of water. You can't communicate to folks. You, you feel like they don't understand you. Uh, you don't get the jokes. So that that same thing happens with both uh, sexual orientation, with gender identity. And that's why it's important to make sure that everyone feels like they belong. And that's why not only are we celebrating the community, but we're also celebrating allyship. And we're, we're, in, we're welcoming people. We're, we're inviting people to be part of this. Um, and not just for the not just for the the LGBTQ plus community, but for everyone, and that everyone feels like they they they're seen, they're cherished, and they belong. Yeah, that's so awesome. So, Juan, I know you started off earlier, you know, about your segue into financial services, you know, in high school, which makes me crack up because while well, you were pursuing banking at sixteen, I was working at McDonald's. <laughs> But good for you. Um, but, you know, it made me think, you know, about your professional journey as part of the gay community. I mean, what, you know, what have been some of the highs and lows that you've experienced as you navigate, you know, as you just mentioned, you know, coming in as, as Puerto Rican in our industry, you know, uh, as a Latino man, um, you know, so you've got that plus, you know, being part of the gay community. I mean, how's it been for you? So... When I first started in credit unions, um, I started out as a teller, that, that first job. And I, like I said earlier, most of those jobs, both at the community bank and then in credit unions, were part-time jobs that I did while I was going to college. Um, my parents were immigrants, and to some degree, I was an immigrant myself, so I had to basically pay my way through college. And I, I did that, thankfully, through our movement. But at first, it was just a job. I didn't really see myself necessarily having a career uh, in the movement. And I loved my jobs. Don't get me wrong. But I, I always thought I would end up working in politics in some way, shape or fashion. Um, and it was especially the case because I in the credit union I was at, it's, it was interesting. I got hired because I spoke Spanish. So that was an asset. But at the same time, I was like the only one. Um, and then I started meeting people that were also Latino and and otherwise, who were, you know, no, no offense. Can I, can I swear here? Yeah. They were kicking ass. You know, they yeah. were doing awesome things in their communities. They were really delivering for their members. And I was inspired. I mean, I met people like Pablo de Filippi, who had mm -hmm. been a credit union CEO in, in, the, in New York City, who had, was working at, at what's now the inclusive at the time was the Federation of Community Development Credit Unions. Uh, I met people like Victor Coro, who at the time was in the World Council of Credit Unions, Maria Martinez at Border Credit Union. And I then I started seeing, okay, there's, you know, I, I, there's a path for me not just to have a career, but to really, not just to have a job, but really build a career in this movement and, and effect change. Uh, because at the end of the day, when you think about it, the cooperative model, the credit union model is amazing. 
it's it's a not is it it's not just a not for profit model but it's a model that's there to look out for the best interests of their member owners and our communities underserved communities communities of color and other historically marginalized communities like the gay community have special needs that i think are need to be served by by credit unions so i think there's a huge opportunity for each of us to reach out and get to know these communities and make sure that they they know they have a place here and and serve them because if you go i know most people think of the gay community and they might think of you know gay couples that are very well to do but there's also a lot of underserved folks in our communities uh i know you know we you mentioned earlier madam ninfedora um madam ninfedora is lucky that she has a great credit union job but there's a lot of other performers, you know, other drag queens in the in the community. And COVID was awful. I mean, think about it. Bars were closed, True. so their source of income wasn't there. Um, so there are a lot. There's there's everything in our communities, uh, and it's that's why so I'm so passionate about making sure that credit unions realize the potential, the the opportunity, but also come and 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 meet the needs of 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 our folks. Yeah, no, that's that's very true. And I know we've been working, I think we joined our league joined inclusive for the first time um, this past year. And, Woo! you know, I know. And it's I just got an email from Pablo because we have our second credit union um, is getting a designation next week. So Michigan State. Um, University Federal Credit Union and help me out one because I always struggle with the uh, designation with the J. EFI? Oh no, Wantos the one course. Oh, juntos avanzamos. Yes. <laughs> and and I took Spanish in college and I'm like the worst. Okay. So say it one more time. Juntos avanzamos. Yes. Oh. So we have an, another credit union that's going to get that designation. So I reached out to Pablo to talk about it because they're having a, a proclamation ceremony next week. And I'm just thrilled that, you know, um, you know, we have a lot of migrant workers here in Michigan. We have a lot of folks that speak Spanish that, you know, again, underrepresented, unbanked communities that um, struggle and, um, and, you know, to find financial services. So I just think it's there's just so many great stories that we can focus on of, of cool things that are happening. And it seems like it's just getting more and more momentum. I think we picked a really fun time to be league presidents. <laughs> I agree. And, and so much opportunity, you know, you mentioned we were having annual meeting and, and as I was pondering what to say at the beginning of our conference, I started looking back the last time we had had an annual meeting in person was three years ago. Yeah. And the world has been transformed, changed, completely and in many ways it's for for the better in many ways not but here we are in this new reality and the last three years have been really tough i mean global pandemic many of us loved or lost people that we loved or friends family um even some credit union folks or former credit union folks right. um, many credit unions oftentimes i think didn't know how they were going to open up their branches because they have staffing issues all kinds of challenges but if you look at the numbers patty it, the reality is is that credit unions are doing all overall 
doing very well. And I think it's because they were there to serve their members. I, in some ways, I think our movement's almost counter-cyclical. I mean, we're, we were built for these times. We were built to deliver for our members when they most needed us. And I think our members are rewarding us because credit unions were there when they needed us. Yeah, absolutely. It's just what I was talking about last week at our convention was, you know, credit unions are like a family and sometimes family members compete with one another, right? They don't always agree. They have, but when, you know, you know what hits the fan when, whether it was the great recession or, you know, COVID, I mean, I'm sure you saw it, you know, New Mexico, but they come together to, to brainstorm, you know, how to support our frontliners between, you know, getting COVID supplies. I mean, you name it, they came together. And I think you're right. I think it's in times of hardship, you know, I think, you know, Jim Nussel says it, says the best when he says credit unions are the financial first responders. And I think that's very true. And, and, and probably why you see the numbers going the way they do in times of crises. That's right. And right. I mean, speaking of crises right now, this year, we had the worst uh, fire season um, probably ever here in New Mexico. I mean, many lost their houses, their homes, their, ho their lives um, and credit unions came together you know they they answered the call they came together for each other to support each other to support just the community in general um because you're right credit unions do do come together when there's crises and my challenge to all of you that are listening is let's not just come together when there are challenges let's come together when there are opportunities as well i mean and i think coming together uh, under the CU Shine umbrella to serve uh, the, the queer community, whether it's coming together to serve uh, underserved communities in general or to, to seek opportunities. That's where the power lies. I mean, the sixth cooperative principle is cooperation among cooperatives. And I truly believe we're stronger when we all come together and collaborate because that's something banks don't do. And that's our superpower. Uh, at the end of the day, we're, we're not-for-profit financial cooperatives, and we can do so much more when we, when we do it together. Yeah, absolutely. And what a great way to, to segue into my last five questions, which I ask every guest. Um, so it's a way for us to get to know you a little bit better, Juan. So what is on your nightstand at home? I usually have a book. You know, I like to read something at, you know, at night before bed. I am just getting ready to, to read a book called uh, Leader, Get Out of the Way. So I'm really looking forward to that. But I usually like to read something that, that challenges my thinking, that, that helps me you know, sharpen my skills, think about things differently. Nice. Nice. That's great. I find when I go to bed at night, I'm so tired and like... I, I read usually lighter just because I, I don't know, as I get older, I struggle to stay awake when I read at night, but I think, you know, that's the great, great time to carve out, you know, those, there's so many different um, leadership, you know, books out there. So that's awesome. Okay. So what is something that people get wrong about you? It's not just about me, I think in general. So, so I, I've done more public speaking in the last, you know, 12 months since taking this job than ever before. And people often think that I was kind of born that way. And it's not true. I mean, the first time I did public speaking was in high school and my, my legs were shaking so much. I had to lean in into the podium. <laughs> so uh, it's something that you practice. And I often tell young people like, no, like, you know, 
let's practice together. Like nobody was born doing public speaking. It's something that you get better over time. But I was very, very shy when I was in high school. So it's some, it's, it's important, in my opinion, it's important for all of us to put ourselves in places that, that, that are a little bit uncomfortable and that pushes outside of our boundaries because that's how we get, we get better. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Okay. So if you could have coffee or wine or whatever, um, with anyone, who would it be and why? Oh, that's such a great question. Um, you know, I would love to have coffee with the new CEO of the World Council of Credit Unions. Oh, I what? saw her speak at GAC um, yeah. at the women's, um, uh, gosh, now I'm, now I'm the, the one. Global losing Women's the, Leadership the global, Network. Yep. Yes, at their breakfast. And she was fabulous. And she has such an interesting background. Yeah. Um, she's new to credit unions, but she's not new to mission-driven organizations. And I just love that Woku selected a woman for that position. And I would love to absorb absorb all her her knowledge and 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 learn from her. Awesome. Well, we'll send her a link to this podcast and I'm sure she'll be calling you. <laughs> I love it. All right, great. Um, okay, tell us a bucket list travel destination. You know, I'd love to go to New Zealand. It's such an interesting place to me. I mean, so many great movies have been filmed there. It just looks magical. And I, I've been to Sydney. I didn't go to Australia. I'd love to see Australia as well. But New Zealand seems pretty special. And um, when, when, you know, when I have time, I'd love to go and, and spend a couple of weeks there. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, you have to spend at least a couple of weeks. It takes so long to get there. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Oh, very cool. All right. Well, I hope you make it there. Um, okay. Finally, what is one trait or quality that every leader should strive for? Challenging your, your, your assumptions. I think, you know, pushing yourself, putting yourself in, in uncomfortable situations and listening. I think in all those things kind of come together. I think sometimes we we're so set in our ways and we think that what the way we do it is the right way. Uh, and I've learned that the best, the, the biggest um, changes I've had the, for, the, for the better have been when I've thought of things differently when, I, when I've challenged my assumptions. Yeah, that's a great one. And that's new. Uh, there's a lot of overlap in answers to that question. And that's definitely a unique perspective. So thanks for that. And thanks for being here, Juan. It was wonderful to get and talk, talk to you. Um, I think the next time I'll see you will be... Uh, in North Dakota for our league president retreat. Um, I'm debating on whether or not I need to buy cowboy boots. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come to New Mexico first. We'll, we have plenty of those. But Patty, it's, it's truly been an honor. I, I can't wait to see you in person again and hopefully meet some of your folks at some point in the future. And as I always like to say, you know, it's, you know, happy pride. And we really are more than just an industry. We are a movement with heart and soul. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Juan. You're very welcome. Well, that was a great episode. Thanks again, Juan, so much for being a guest. It was wonderful to get to know you better um, from a personal level as league presidents in our small little league president community. Um, but also, I am so happy to share with our Michigan Credit Union community um, all of the fabulous things that you had to talk about, especially Let's See You Shine. And I'm sure the difference that that is making for credit union employees and volunteers in New Mexico. Um, and Juan also mentioned, why 
to sit down and have coffee with the president and CEO of the World Council of Credit Unions, and that is Alyssa McCarter Laborde. And um, he said that she would be a great person to sit down to. So big plug to have that conversation, Alyssa. Um, Juan is is wanting to reach out to you. (laughs) So anyway, thanks everybody for listening. And if you haven't followed the podcast already, be sure to do so. So you get a message and a notification when new episodes drop, but it was awesome to hang out with you for this episode, sit down and talk to my friend Juan. And again, um, on behalf of the entire Michigan Credit Union League family, happy pride to you all. Thank you.